Welcome to the podcast for 1776 Forward. We're the grassroots movement that's crowdsourcing activism for the cause of philosophical liberalism. Stand up. Speak out. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm Joya, and on behalf of Chris, who is my co-founder here with 1776 Forward, we are both excited and delighted to welcome you to the launch of this brand new project. And today, we wanted to have a conversation going through the manifesto that we think sets up this whole new movement that we've initiated and talking through what exactly 1776 Forward is all about. So I'm going to turn it over to Chris, who's going to introduce himself and let's have a conversation about this new project we're starting. Great. Thank you, Joy. And hello, everybody. Um, great, great to have you. And we're super excited to talk to you about our project 1776 Forward and, and what it means. Um, and I think we can just start by even describing how we got here, because I think it, it'll help you understand. Joy and I have been friends for over 15 years. We met in college um, and through a philosophy club that often uh, took on activism projects that, as, every, as most people know, philosophy often implicates in politics and political and cultural uh, uh, issues. So we got a lot of great experience from that. And I think that set the tone for both of us, but um, um, both of us in terms of being activist minded and, and very engaged in current events and political events. And like most people, after we left college, we both pursued all of our other private and professional and creative goals and, and, and pursuits. And really, as kind of time went by, and frankly, as uh, each of us were observing the trends that our political and broader social culture were moving towards in perhaps ways that neither of us found uh, satisfactory or positive, uh, we were feeling that itch to be activist again, and mainly to just have an impact, to be able to, how can we have a positive impact and, and perhaps affect the trends in a better direction, a more pro-freedom direction, which is which is what both Joya's and my values and grounding always was, and what our projects and efforts, even back in our college days, were aimed towards. Um, so about two years ago now, almost in 2018, we started started on our journey to think through how we might be able to do that. And you know, I think we we kind of acknowledged that one of the most important and critical ways in which you make positive change is through educating and exposing people to the ideas of freedom because uh you know I, I think it was our observation that that was perhaps the main driver of the negative trend in the culture the illiberal trends that were devaluing or even just ignoring the importance of freedom and and its impact in the culture. So we we really tried to borrow from our exper past experience, but also wanted to create a new organization and had a rough sense that 2020 as a year was going to be, you know, a an important year that we could also use to anchor perhaps our our goals and our first project. And that was more an abstraction. You know, it's it was an election presidential election year, a new start of a new decade. Um, 
uh, just kind of a nice coda to the end of the prior era. So, and little did we know that 2020 would play out as it ac actually has as a really perhaps unprecedented year for all of us who have now lived through this, this most tumultuous and chaotic year. So that, that really gave form even further to, to this notion of how do we activate and educate in the values of freedom and liberalism in the culture. And so that's where ultimately 1776 Forward came about is uh, kind of our response to, our specific response to what we call the year of crisis and chaos that has been 2020. And so I'll, I'll maybe hand it over to Joya to, to just speak a little bit more about uh, kind of what's even in the name, how we got to that and how it relates to or applies directly to this year's events. Exactly, thank you. So one of the things that I will even point out is it's interesting to me to notice that in the 15 years that we have been friends and have been activists, we've always had this kind of both and approach because as you pointed out, we started out as a philosophy club, pursuing deep, universal, timeless, enduring principles, and then trying to figure out how to translate that into action in the present. And 1776 Forward, I think, is just the best manifestation of what we started with so many years ago. I think for me personally, it even reflects the way that I have evolved, both philosophically in my own understanding of the deep ideas and principles, and then also trying to figure out how we can make them apply to the situation we're currently facing. So to speak to the name 1776 Forward, I'll say, it took me a long time to figure out what are we going to call this new movement that we are trying to put together. But when I was the one who finally had the inspiration to link these two ideas to come up with the name and what I finally did, I was relieved that it actually captures, I believe, both aspects that we really wanna capture with this movement. We want to look at 1776 and recognize that this was an important, critical moment, that the founders established a vision and that there's something in this vision that is wonderful and right and should be celebrated, but that it wasn't perfectly realized back in 1776. So we don't want to go backwards. This is not a reactionary or even conservative movement that wants to go back to 1776. We want to look at what was good, what was right, what was true in those ideas and build up upon them and move them forward. And there is so much that has happened. And in my mind, one of the biggest things to point out that the founding fathers didn't know was the ideas of evolution and how much we understand about the nature of human beings, our psychology, our biological nature that they just didn't understand then, but that is so important to understand what it is a human being actually is. So how can we take what is good and right in 1776, those ideas of liberalism that are great and build upon them, make forward progress. So it is 1776 forward. But let's even speak to who we're hoping to reach with this movement because it doesn't apply to the right and left as it is currently established. I don't think I'm the first person to notice that there's a strange way in which 
even though we're becoming, it seems, more polarized in terms of left and right, there is a way in which on both ends of the current spectrum, there's authoritarianism on the left and authoritarianism on the right. And what we want to argue with 1776 forward is that we need a point to reject authoritarianism on both sides, that the real division ought to be between authoritarianism and freedom and thinking about what does freedom actually mean and how do we fight for it and live it in our everyday lives. So Chris, why don't you say something about who it is that we're hoping to reach with this project? Yeah, no, thank you. And, and uh, I think that's right, you said earlier, that it's not a conservative movement. We're not seeking to go back to some, uh, you know, mythical or nostalgized past, but rather to take the truth from that and move forward. And so in that similar vein, you know, we don't, this is meant to, our aim here is to be a big tent movement, to, to really speak to anybody and everybody from the left, right, the center, Democrats, Republicans, independent, political independents, um, libertarians, objectivists, everyone across the spectrum who values freedom and and the liberal liberal ethic, which we're going to talk about in, in in a minute, um, but perhaps feels like they don't have a home in the the false binary that our current American political system offers them, or that they think is the only alternative. So um, we just want to be clear at the outset that our ambition is for, we're speaking to all, any and all of you, no matter what your perhaps partisan political preferences uh, or leanings may be, that, that we really are calling all who value uh, the liberal tradition that we're going to speak to uh, that that this this movement is meant for everybody. Um, you know, we may kind of uh, many of our participants initially might be some of the people who are at at the vanguard of that liberty movement, um, whether it's objectivists or or libertarians. But you know, there, there are differences. I think Joy and I have have realized ourselves, even from each of those movements, that that is why we're we're bigger tent here and. Uh, frankly, I think we're also realizing that at this moment in time, the specific year of 2020, and all the cultural change that we've we've mentioned has come about, that a lot is up for grabs. People's political philosophies and and leanings, and perhaps their sense of uh, unsatisfaction with what is offered currently. So that's another big goal of 1776 Forward is perhaps to give voice and form to people who feel left out or left behind by the conventional alternatives, you know, on view. I'll second that and reach out with this welcome to everyone and make a point to say that as part of the values of liberalism, we value free speech, debate, the marketplace of ideas, and that's a huge part of what we want to make happen here. We're hoping to put together forums, debates, conversations, making it possible for people to explore the intricacies of freedom ideas. So that while hopefully this is a way for all of us who value freedom as opposed to authoritarianism, we can come together and perhaps orbit around that ideal 
while simultaneously arguing and disagreeing and through that conversation coming to a better understanding amongst ourselves as to what freedom actually is. I'll say it's one of the things I'm personally most excited about with this project because even with all of the years that we've been studying this, I don't think I understand everything there is to know about freedom and how to apply it. So I'm really looking forward to bringing more voices, more minds to this conversation and seeing how we can move the conversation forward and come up with better ideas about exactly what freedom entails and how we can go about making it a reality. Yeah, um, well said. I, you know, it, so I think with that, uh, we wanted to dive into kind of explaining what we mean for everybody who is listening. Well, for anybody who's listening who has read our manifesto already, uh, you'll probably recognize a lot of these themes. Maybe you even have some questions about some of the points we made. And so we felt it'd be valuable to everybody to, to explain ourselves, so to speak. And for those who haven't, hopefully this conversation will just further inspire you to go check it out and read through, and you'll have the benefit of our, our guide, if you will, to, to go through it. But, you know, in a word, the manifesto is really our, our essentializing statement of what 1776 forward is really about, what we mean of the, the freedom cause that we're fighting for and seeking to advance, and um, and what we call philosophically liberalism. So we'll dive into in a, in a moment more particularly what we mean by those words, but in general, uh, you know, the manifesto is kind of our statement of, of principle and purpose. And we, we kind of realized after the fact that there were, it was organized around uh, some, some critical themes. Uh, there's, there's kind of five pairs of themes, which speaks to this both and aspect that Joy, you mentioned uh, earlier that, that, you know, we're, we're all about jettisoning false alternatives and instead finding uh, true integrations and, and combinations of ideas. So there's, there's kind of five key themes or pairs of themes that we're gonna speak to um, and that can help, help you guys navigate understanding what what we were after here so i think i you know I, unless joy you wanted anything to add anything i can just you know go into it the one thing i will say is for anyone here who's listening who hasn't yet read the manifesto we definitely want you to go and read our manifesto but you don't have to have read it I think this presentation stands on its own. And I'll say it was even enlightening to me after we did all the work to write the manifesto to then now go through this stage of trying to pull out the key themes, organizing them into 10, recognizing that there was this pairing of the different themes. It's given me personally a deeper appreciation for the ideas in the manifesto. So I think this presentation even does stand on its own, just going through the top 10 themes Anybody listening, I think will understand what we're all about with 1776 Forward. Great. Well, so, you know, I think the first thing that, that really hits you when you when you read the, the manifesto and something that we you know, purposefully opened our piece with is this notion that respecting and acknowledging the individualized nature of a free society and and what that means, and, and that that's something that we 
we cherish and, and greatly value, uh, you know, as, as perhaps one of the most important values we, that we recognize, particularly given our goals to create an activist movement that is inspiring people to engage themselves in the world. We recognize that what that looks like for each individual is very different and that frankly for some or even many individuals, you know, they are not perhaps interested or haven't really thought through how they want to engage in, in these issues and that that's perfectly okay, that everybody has different ways of expressing and, and reaching their values. And, and so that's something we acknowledge upfront is that, you know, if we're gonna be, uh, if we're gonna have fidelity to this notion of a free society that we start by recognizing the unique autonomy and individuality of everybody within it and that that creates both uh, a challenge when you're trying to organize people for for any cause or value, but also it is it is our strength and and moreover that even despite that autonomy, there is something in the community effect as well. That a, a free society values both the autonomy and the community of individuals because, frankly, that speaks to what we know about the nature of human beings that we are. Um, that we are social individuals, if you will. And so we start with that recognition and appreciation and from that flows all of our other ideas you know, that we're gonna go into of how do you then apply and, and energize unique individuals and but bring them together into a community working towards a similar cause. Yes, so the first theme then is that every individual is unique and that's paired with this recognition that as Americans there is something we all share and interestingly what we all share is itself unique in the history of the world and in the history of governments and political organizations because what I think is so impressive about the 1776 moment is that for the first time there was a country that was founded not in terms of blood or soil or those kinds of inbuilt ties, but instead we are a country that's founded on a set of values and a set of ideas. There's a real way in which America is an idea. And so anyone from anywhere can become American by sharing our characteristic ideas and values. And I would argue that it is precisely philosophical liberalism that gets to the heart of what are these characteristic American ideas and values that bring us all together. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I think that's a good segue into the into our third theme here, which is, or well, it's not even the theme, it's just okay, well, so then what do we mean when we say philosophically liberal? So, uh, you know, and, and as Joy and I have teased out this idea, even amongst ourselves, uh, I think we've kind of come upon uh, a couple critical points here. There's what's in a name. We're, we're very big always on concepts and proper definitions. So we choose our words very carefully and mean everyone that we choose. Uh, and there's an at, there's the liberal part of the equation and then there's the philosophical part of the equation and so we think it's it's important uh, and incumbent upon us to describe what we mean particularly because we know in the the current american contemporary 
cultural and political context, the word liberal has a very different connotation to most people. They associate it with kind of uh, the left half of our two two side political system, the Democrat Party, etc. Um, not o- not only uh, notwithstanding the fact that that's a uniquely American phenomenon, and that the use of the word liberal actually defines essentially the opposite political movement in most other countries, but also because even no matter how it's used, what we mean by it is something different than I think it's, it's historical meaning, we should, we should be clear. So starting there with the liberal side of the equation, um, and then I'll turn it over to you, Joya, to, to expound upon the philosophical half of it. You know, we, we start with, we take our inspiration from 1776 and the founding documents that the founding fathers left us because we think, as Joya noted at the outset, that that that's that's our lodestar or our starting point at least of of the freedom agenda, if you will, that we have in the Declaration of Independence this notion that all men are created equal and endowed with inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that is the the fundamental foundational principle of any proper liberal conception and uh, and meaning of freedom. And then from there, we get the architecture of our constitution, which further, uh, you might say, applies and, and builds out how the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness applies in a more concrete context, and particularly in a social context of other human beings interacting with each other. And that's where we have the Bill of Rights, really, is what is what really kind of expounds upon that. So you know, whether it's freedom of speech, freedom of religion and conscience or belief, freedom of the press and assembly, the right to self-defense and bear arms, equal justice under the law, the right of property and due process, equal suffrage at the ballot box, among others, that is the brilliance of the Constitution, is that it gave us, uh, you might say, the concrete meaning or application of what the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness provides us. And in large part, I mean, that's why we take our name from 1776, is that we think that those two documents and these two concepts of what it means uh, for liberty are largely right, or at least, you know, set the foundation properly for us to move forward on. And as you're pointing out what 1776 is all about, then it's also, I think, important to recognize the forward aspect. Because as you pointed out, the Declaration said all men at a time when slavery existed. So it didn't even speak correctly to what was on the ground. And of course, all men doesn't reflect women's rights. And so I think what we've seen in the past couple hundred years already is ways in which these essential fundamental principles have been extended further. These liberties have extended to all individuals beyond just that moment of 1776, which is precisely why it's 1776 forward. And interestingly, I think it's important to recognize, to bring in also this concept of philosophical, we're calling this philosophical liberalism. And it's interesting how the philosophy goes to the underlying abstract enduring principles, but interestingly, we haven't actually gotten the more enduring principles until we've moved forward through this timeline and this progression. It's only as we've moved forward that we've actually 
become more philosophical, I believe, and actually more and more realize the full meaning of the philosophy behind it. So starting with these ideas of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, property, freedom of speech and press, and all the ideas that you talked about, there's the question then of why are these political values? Why are these things that we should have as we establish our political system? And philosophical liberalism recognizes that, that it gets to truths about the nature of human beings, that we need freedom. And interestingly, I think it even fits very well with traditional philosophical categories of epistemology and ethics. We need freedom to think. It's the enlightenment values of science, which I know we're gonna talk about soon. And we also need the freedom to act, to be what I like to call creators and traders, to build with our freedoms, the freedom to pursue our happiness as long as we are not violating the rights of others, as long as we are not initiating force or coercion, that we all should have that right to pursue our own happiness amongst mutually consenting adults. And we're gonna get into this a little bit more, but I then just wanna talk about our next theme, which pairs with the essential and more enduring and timeless idea of philosophical liberalism and recognize an interesting point about this system is that change is actually built into the system itself because it's built into the practice of science as we're going to talk about soon that what liberalism is all about is making forward progress recognizing that there is something good and we need to continually question, think through, draw upon what's good and make positive change. So I think it is really key to recognize that change is built into the system. It's not the disrupt and dismantle mantra that we often hear from today's quote unquote progressives who often equate progressivism with as you would hear them say it, perhaps almost any kind of change, although when you really pay attention, the dismantle and disrupt mantra becomes very clear as to what their goals often are. But this is, I believe, a different view of progress. It's a view of progress that recognizes that we probably should not be thoroughly disrupting and dismantling because we want to look back at history and look for what was good, look for what was right, and then continually build upon that. So this is the change that we are seeking. Yeah, and, that, and that's, a, <clears throat> I think, a critical point to emphasize because you know, we, we want to, to claim for the philosophically liberal cause, the mantle of progress. I mean, that's why we even chose, again, what's in a name, why we chose forward in our name is that we're taking these values forward. And ours is certainly a movement that recognizes and respects the heritage, the, the proper and good heritage that we, and foundation that we stand upon and and that it is within that you know we're not we're not trying to go back you know and, and that's what perhaps even distinguishes us from you know another commonly known phrase <clears throat> excuse me out there of classical liberalism you know we're not that either although you know you'll there are many echoes to to that to, 
that body of philosophy because you know we're not seeking to go back to the past and in many ways those philosophers you know starting with the likes of john locke and on through adam smith and the founding fathers and, and everyone in between they were they were working through these ideas based on the knowledge they had at that time. But to Joya's point, as we've evolved and learned more knowledge about the nature of human beings, we can take that and incorporate it into this vision of freedom and liberal values and move it forward, still oriented towards that, that goal of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, you know, to us, that is what we mean by progress and moving forward is, is that these ideals both provide the mechanism for that change and but that it, it and it also provides the roadmap or the guide, if you will, towards to direct that change in a proper direction. Um, so maybe that kind of defines what we mean by philosophical liberalism, both parts of it and the change, the, the positive change that we think is contained within it. And maybe just to to expound a little bit more on on two critical elements of the freedom. Uh, freedom that it un allows and enables as human beings, you know, we've got our next two themes are the freedom to think and then the freedom to act, if you will. So as, you know, going through the manifesto, another, another concept we then, we then move into is the importance of uh, the freedom to think, reason as a means to knowing the world, that that's our specific method and science, the scientific method comes out of uh, really this tradition of the enlightenment, that it's, that it's through free and open debate, critical questioning, um, the scientific method of uh, rigorous testing and blind, double blind, randomized studies and, and all, all of these aspects of what you might call scientific liberalism, you know, that all of these come from the same enlightenment tradition that, that provided the foundation for the founding fathers in 1776 of the nature of man and needing to have the freedom to think in order to, to pursue his life, liberty, and, and happiness. And, and that that's how we get to better truths of the world. You know, I think another concept in here that's equally important with that and of great relevance to all of us in the contemporary age is that along with that is the freedom to debate the civil exchange of ideas and what a, a phrase joy and i like to use called the marketplace of ideas that you know we really ours is a movement that truly values and prioritizes open inquiry and debate even vigorous uh, debate and and as we said at the outset, given that this is a big tent movement that seeks to unite people across the political spectrum who value these more fundamental liberal values, we know not everyone's going to agree on everything and or every issue. There's even even people who may share the exact same politics. The way they then apply those, uh, as Joya kind of mentioned, how we apply freedom ideas to specific concrete events and issues before us in our own lives can be different and can result in different interpretations and outcomes. It, it doesn't mean that this is, it's a totally subjective, anything goes and anybody can be right view of the world, but that it's through this process of open inquiry and, and critical but civil 
debate and exchange that we get to that better view of the truth. And so I think for anybody who chafes at the growing cancel culture that we're living in, the rise of censorship in various forms of media or forums and platforms, or just looks around on any your average Facebook or social media page and, and sees the vitriol and, and the diminishing respect for civil exchange and, and curious inquiry in people's views and ideas, uh, you know, we'll see the value of this is that that's something we're trying to uphold here um, because that's what we acknowledge. We're not omniscient beings. We don't know everything and that it's only through open inquiry as well as rigorous standards of proving facts about the world around us that we get to a better view of the truth. I think that was beautifully said. I'll just chime in and add that this speaks again to the idea of 1776 forward. This is a movement that started in the enlightenment where there was this respect for reason and logic, but we know with romanticism and modernism that we are also emotional beings and social beings. So again, it's about integrating our social emotional aspects with the critical thinking and reasoning and making this point to even tie it back to our first point that every one of us is an individual that we may all be looking at the same objective reality, but we're all going to have different interpretations and that science is the method by how biased individuals overcome our biases to find out what actually is real through these processes of continually asking questions, performing tests, as you pointed out, the blind testing, the replicability of studies, and never resting on our laurels of the conclusions, but to continuously be looking for more evidence and to continuously be asking questions. So when you almost see the snowballing effect of how all of these themes are starting to come together. And then I believe it's taking this freedom to think because as you pointed out, a part of our nature as human beings is that none of us are omniscient, but we still have to act. So how is it that we ought to act given that we will never know everything? And part of philosophical liberalism is recognizing that we need the freedom to act. And importantly, the way I see it, that we need the freedom to be creators and traders. I have this mental model that I came up with of distinguishing between a predator-prey model of interaction versus a creator-trader model of interaction. And I think it's important to recognize that as human beings, part of our nature is we are predators. It's how we survive. We need to predate on animals and plants just in order to live. And part of what I think we've seen in studies of anthropology that perhaps the founders didn't recognize is as we've evolved that what we've seen is that at the dawn of human evolution that this was how human beings survived. They had a what you might call a scarcity mindset saw themselves as competing for limited resources and interacting as predators and prey. But there is a uniquely human way of interacting that philosophical liberalism recognizes 
and celebrates, upholds and empowers. And it is this abundance mindset vision of the creator and trader model of interaction. This is where we're building win-win relationships where every human being in the interaction gets to benefit because we do not actually live in a world of limited resources. Resources are developed by our thinking and our problem solving. So when we have the freedom to think and when we can combine it with the freedom to act, we can build, create, and then collaborate and share amongst each other. And we have seen this is the legacy of the Enlightenment since 1776 and the Enlightenment time, the material prosperity and abundance that has been made possible through science and technology. And I would just point out to add that one way I think we can still go forward is combining now the material with the spiritual. And the spiritual, I believe, is recognizing these philosophical Value. So again, this is a huge part of what we want to do with 1776 forward. And I think from that, that's a great segue into the next pairing of themes because after we start kind of with that philosophical, as Joya framed it um, in the prior pair of themes, um, that philosophical understanding of the nature of human beings as needing the freedom to think and the freedom to act that naturally then uh, implicates into the follow-up question of how do we set up a proper society and government that respects and protects that freedom to think and to act. And so for our next pair of themes, which we talk about in the manifesto, is this notion that that's where we get the concept of individual rights from, because we need protection of our freedom to think and to act in the context of civil society and dealing with other men. And in order to do that, we need both the government to uphold those individual rights, but we also need individuals to uphold their individual rights. So I'll speak a little bit to the first of those, those two themes in this pair. Um, and to just be clear that ours is not an anti-government movement as often I think erroneously gets associated, and sometimes not erroneously, depending on certain political movements, um, uh, of thinking that no government is the ideal. Ours recognizes, and again, going back to the 1776 foundation of the Founding Fathers, I think they recognize very clearly the importance of a proper limited government and went to great painstaking efforts to construct through the Declaration and then the constitutional architecture, a system that at that point in time they felt best upheld or, or it could achieve those goals. So our vision is very much that government has a critical function um, in society, but that it is a, a limited one to upholding the rights of the free rights of individuals to think and act so long as they're not harming or violating others and their rights to think and act freely. So it's kind of the non-aggression principle, which, because when we think about it, what is government? It, government is the power to of force, the power of coercion, and legally sanctioned and monopolized force. We give up our right to settle disputes forcefully with other people in society and hand it over to the government uh, to, to settle that objectively. So government has a role through the military, the police, and the courts 
to wield that force on behalf of individual rights and only in retaliation or defense of those who would initiate it. The other, some you might hear this this concept called the non-aggression principle in other political philosophy, but that's really that's really our emphasis here is that that is the proper role of government, properly confined. And you even the founding fathers, they I think they had that notion even in the Declaration. They say um, the, that the purpose of government is uh, to enable and to enable and protect the rights of all men. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit because I'm, I'm drawing a blank here on the precise words, but but that is that is we uphold we acknowledge and uphold that principle and and build out from there. And and I think even the concept of limited government that's what we mean here is that that government has a role, but it is it is narrowly limited. If your if your goal is to unleash the freedom of human beings to be creator traders as to live up to our highest nature in our freedom to think and act that that a properly limited government that is upholding individual rights is is the right way to do that at this point i will echo the famous words from ben franklin that it's a republic if you can keep it and that gets us to the second point on this pairing that government has a role and government's role is to protect individual rights against those who would initiate force so that the rest of us can be mutually consenting adults and build win-win relationships, voluntary relationships amongst each other. And it is up to us to keep it, that that is our role as individuals to insist on our rights, that we have a responsibility and that if we're going to build truly flourishing human lives, that one of the values we need to seek and uphold in our lives is the value of our political freedoms. That if we want the values that come with our work, our families, our friendships, the pursuits of happiness that we are after, that fulfill our natures as human beings, we need amongst those the value of our political freedoms. And it is then our responsibility to stand up, speak out, insist on those freedoms. That is this second pairing. And I think it takes us nicely into a good segue into the last of our pairings. That's right. And I think I would just, just add and perhaps expound upon this, this idea a little bit more because I think this, this is where in the manifesto towards, towards the end, where we, we kind of return back to the present 2020 moment that we're in and that, that we were thinking very consciously when we were writing the manifesto, which is in this year of, of chaos and disruption and crisis, kind of the, the year of American or national crisis as we call it. I mean, we've had an unprecedented once in a century pandemic and corresponding once in a century uh, recession. I mean, thankfully, we're climbing our way out of it very quickly, but it was a deep hole we fell into as in response to that. And in part, largely driven by uh, lockdowns that, uh, you know, were are of questionable, certainly constitutional uh, uh, legitimacy, but certainly, uh, you could say are illiberal in the sense of the damage they did in in restricting all of our rights to think and act freely in our own 
uh, self-preservation and, and health and well-being throughout this. Um, and then naturally, and, and I would argue not coincidentally, then the moment of civil unrest and rioting that came swept across our nation in the summer, uh, perhaps in some part driven by the despair that those illiberal lockdowns created, but as well as from obviously a view on the illiberalism of that still exists in segments of our society and certain individuals, certainly in their interactions with law enforcement and the law or uh, minority groups or individuals that that uh, you know still encounter injustices in their own lives. Um, all of these things, obviously, it's been an incredible year that we've all lived through. And then cancel culture on top of all of that, you know, we, which we use kind of euphemistically to, to speak to this growing censorship uh, culture that we talked about. But all of these things have impacted all of us. And I think everybody listening or reading knows what we mean about the year of crisis. And that's really what galvanizing gave us form to uh, to 1776 forward here of our real goal, which is to to inspire and hopefully bring together people to activate to stand up for their individual rights and their political liber liberties, as Joya says. Because if this year doesn't make bring home and make concrete for people the the critical importance of have of upholding political liberty and individual rights, you know, then, I mean, I don't know what would, frankly, but I think, you know, we just, the point is there's been plenty of examples of how those have been violated this year and are under threat. And for anybody who lost a job or lost a loved one, you know, to the pandemic or, and the recession, or, you know, who has suffered through the, the riots and, or sees the injustice and has been personally impacted by that, or, feels they have to self-censor their real beliefs in the public's or social media online square or has been impacted by those who would wield political correctness against them in the workplace or the private marketplace you know all of these things are things we've all experienced i know that i've personally experienced on multiple dimensions and levels and it's really brought home for me the importance I mean that was really the spur the urgency of 1776 forward for joy and I is that this was really our way in some measure to stand up ourselves for our political liberties and individual rights by by launching this movement and so you know I think this is just a critical critical point to hit home that we think this does this year of all years highlights how these issues do actually hit home, that they're not just abstractions and can really put that pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness that we're all seeking at risk when we don't speak up, stand up and speak out. And so I don't know if you have anything to add on that point, Joy, otherwise I can jump into you know the final pairing. Why don't we talk about standing up and speaking out now more than ever? as the phrase goes. Right, so so as we approach the end of the manifesto and, and even our conversation here, many of you are probably asking, okay, so what next? How can we do this? And, and that's what we try to answer to even in our manifesto. So you'll notice at the end there, we kind of have three bulleted points of, of kind of three, three action items or calls to action that we, we saw um, as ways in which people can stand up for their individual rights and defend uh, 
the philosophical liberal values. Um, and that starts with saying no to the bad, quite simply, or standing up and saying no or stop against illiberal move wherever they are. So whether it is uh, mayors, governors, or the president, or federal bureaucrats uh, wielding powers to lock us all down, uh, kind of extra legally or constitutionally, um, you know, in the middle of a in the middle of the pandemic, or when they're not giving clear guidance on their basis for doing so, or when it's you you know seeing someone uh, you know who maybe didn't say something uh, perfectly politically correct or artfully, and then is getting attacked or silenced because of it, you know, stand, say, standing up and saying no to that and def and defending against the value of uh, protecting people's space to speak, um, their, their individual rights, um, particularly as we navigate this, this pandemic of what's best for them and their families, of how to protect themselves, all of these things, you know, saying no to illiberalism in all of its forms is, uh, is perhaps the, the most immediate and easiest way in which we can, we can do something about these trends. The second aspect of that is saying yes to the good. It's kind of the, the other side of, of the equation here, which is um, standing up for these philosophically liberal values. So much of our culture, I think, is defined as a negative. Joy and I talk about this a lot, um, that everyone seems to be clear about what they're against, but doesn't often articulate what they're for. And frankly, the latter, while it gets short shrift for most people, and certainly from our, our media culture, which is, is very focused on fomenting the negative, I think, um, to all of our detriment, um, you know, the latter is probably more important because that's what helps people get clarity in their own minds of what it is they value. And then through that clarity, I think gives them more purpose to, to fight for it and to, to activate for it. So standing up for the good and declaring, this is what I believe and this is why, and this is why it's good in whatever dimension of your life or, or domain of endeavor that you're engaged in, that that is equally as important. Um, frankly, just the statement of I'm a philosophical liberal and I value personal and political freedom and my individual rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that in itself is a profound statement that you don't hear very much. And ours is certainly a positive, progressive movement to move these values forward. And the best way to do that, people are always going to be more inspired by, by a positive goal to reach, I believe, than a negative goal to stop. Um, and certainly at least it can fuel people for the long run and, and give them more sense of purpose and, uh, and righteousness, if you will. Um, and then the last of these is build better institutions to build better liberal institutions or creations in whatever form of creation you do, whether it's creating a new work of art or a play that delves into the values of liberty and the complexities of, of the freedom ideas and, and how freedom implicates in human, human life and events, 
or creating new businesses that are guided by liberal principles rather than uh, politically correct ones or starting new uh, nonprofit or activism organization, whatever, whatever your field of interest and passion is, we as Americans, what are we best known for? For we're builders, we're creators. Um, you know that freedom to to act that Joy spoke of earlier, and the creator trader natures that that is our that is who we are truly at our best. You know that 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 to us is another way in which you can get involved in defending the philosophically liberal values and advancing them is is rooting whatever it is your creative work is in those values and and seeking to to uphold and, and advance them through your work. I think that was beautifully said to speak to what it is that we can do now. And part of what we can do now is also take the long perspective and see this moment, the history behind us and the future that is ahead of us. And one important point to recognize, I truly believe, is to recognize that as philosophical liberals, we do have the moral high ground. This is the system that has explicitly called for the pursuit of happiness, but led to the actual happiness of more people. All of the trends show in terms of our life expectancy, our safety, our security, the material abundance that we currently get to enjoy, that it's precisely the grounding of philosophical liberalism that has made all of this possible, that has made more and more people around the world free. And we should be articulating that, getting clarity on that, celebrating that, looking back to the people in the past who can inspire us and carrying that torch into the future. Exactly, well, well, well said. I mean, it's, it's kind of, uh, the way I like to think of it is uh, keeping with the theme of 1776 forward, grounding ourselves in, in that founding and moving forward upon its foundation. <laughs> um, you know, taking that spirit of liberty, you know, those men who would pledge their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor for, for this cause. And because they did what they have bequeathed to us of this unprecedented human abundance and happiness that we really do all live amidst in this moment, even in this year of national crisis and, and chaos, we still live in the most accomplished and prosperous and peaceful era. It's not to, and but as we've talked through and do talk through in our manifesto, we are, you know, there are dark clouds gathering in our time and have been building for a time, but we shouldn't also lose sight of how great the time is that we live in. And that's exactly the purpose of 1776 forward is to, to acknowledge all that's good and all that we benefit from today, thankfully because of that spirit of liberty that the founders started us upon, but to also recognize the real threat that uh, current illiberal ideas and forces portend for that future and provide provide a forum for us all to come together who value these values and, and protect what is good so that we can continue to make even more progress towards 
our prosperity and our happiness. And so, you know, and I, I personally take that spirit of liberty as inspiration, you know, that nothing is guaranteed, certainly, but the founders themselves, I think, were filled with a, it was ennobling for them. They were filled with that sense of moral purpose, higher purpose, and, and kind of uh, passion and conviction that, that comes from uh, standing up for and speaking out to defend these values. And so that's something we just want to leave people with that we, that we ended even our manifesto on, like they did in the Declaration of Independence in pledging their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors for this cause that through, through pledging that ourselves in 2020, the contemporary era, we too can find that same heroism and, and joy and community, joyful community. You see us talk about that in our, in our mission statement on the website for 1776 Forward that, that ours seeks to be a joyous community of people who celebrate it. And frankly, acknowledging back to our starting point that everyone's a unique individual that in uniting for this cause, even despite all of our other differences, that that we can find community and and harmony, not to sound you know Pollyannish or, or corny about it, but but in that cause that that is what you that is the idea of America that we started with and and can end with that unites us across such a diverse spectrum of unique individuals. I think it's important to recognize that it's not a Pollyanna view. It's a positive view, but it's grounded in real reality. We have something that the founders don't have, which is the perspective of the past 200 years. We can see all the ways that we have made progress. Personally, I do believe it is the best time to be alive right now. If I look back throughout all of history, I would not want to go back to any other era. We have the wonderful richness of both the material prosperity, the technology, and the legacy of freedom. And now we live in a moment where we can make a real difference to create a future that is even better. So I'll say that, that let's make that our mission. Let's come together. Let's make that real. 1776 forward. Right, exactly. And, and that is our mission. And I think that's, that's a great wrap up of the manifesto and its themes. And hopefully for everyone watching or listening, uh, you that's clarifying for you if you've already read it, but if it's not, you know, let this be be our summation of purpose and and intention and meaning here about that manifesto. And and then you're probably asking, so what comes next? And you know, I think you know we kind of outlined the three what can you do to stand up and speak out for philosophical liberalism in kind of a broad general aspect or nature. And now kind of in terms of what we as a movement and an organization are gonna do going forward, I think, you know, one thing to say is that we, uh, you see it on the website, but to talk about 1776 forward, we obviously wrote the manifesto as an end in itself, as our declaration of of what we value and as our statement of mission and purpose for this organization. But the but what we hope to achieve with it going forward is to create really our own creator trader network of activists for the cause of philosophical liberalism. So our, our goal is to, and our, and our plan is to create a forum for 
any and all of you who are listening and watching to come share with us your ideas of how you are standing up and speaking out for philosophically liberal values, how you are saying no to a liberalism, saying yes or standing up for liberal philosophical liberalism, the good values that, that, that we outline in the manifesto and or how you're creating new organizations um, to advance the, these, these ideas and, and these causes in your own life. We invite you to share those with us. We're gonna be creating content through both this podcast series where we'll be hopefully interviewing and spotlighting some of your own ideas as well. And, and we will be creating a forum really for, for all of you who are fighting for these ideas in your own lives to share your ideas and, and hopefully connect with others who are pursuing similar causes. So let's talk about the specifics. So the first thing to point out is that we have now this new podcast and YouTube show, which you'll notice that we have a few other hosts as well who are out there looking to find more examples, more stories. We are a grassroots movement looking to crowdsource examples of activism. So we want to hear your stories. We want to feature your examples. Going back to that very first theme that we are all unique individuals, we want to see all the unique ways that people integrate these principles into their own lives. And then, as Chris pointed out, starting these conversations amongst ourselves. With that idea in mind, we also have a community on the Locals platform. So you can sign up to become a member there for free. We're going to offer opportunities for conversation. There's even going to be some coaching opportunities. So one of the things that I do professionally is professionally I work as a coach and Chris's husband is also a coach. One of the things that we've recognized is that there is no one size fits all solution for how to be an activist for philosophical liberalism. So part of it is just thinking through in your own life how these values can best be manifested and integrated with the lives that you're living. So we hope that you continue to follow the show, that you join our community on Locals, and we'll also have Chris, you're going to talk about, I think we're going to have social media accounts available yeah, as well. For us, you can look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, kind of all the primary social media platforms in addition to locals. And, and that's where we'll be sharing these podcasts and other content that we're creating. And, and also, as we kind of mentioned, the, the crowdsourcing of your ideas. So, you know, our hope is whether, you know, whether you're fighting or whether you're organizing parents in your local community to open your schools, or you know, if you are writing a dissertation in university on uh, liberal ideas, or you know, certain projects that implicate on those ideas, you know, whatever your your cause is, however in whatever small or, or big way in which you are doing that in your life, you know, please send us your ideas, and we will be you know through our various multi and social media platforms sharing those and hoping hoping to inspire more of that. So. Um, you know, that's, that's the network we hope to create and in our effort to take the values of 1776 forward. Wonderful. I think that wraps it up. Anything else to say? No, just thank everybody for your time. Um, and we hope this was helpful for you if you're in understanding uh, our goal. And we uh, look forward to engaging and, and activating you with uh, with uh, how we move forward and look forward to and invite you to share with us your ideas so we can grow this movement.
I can't wait to see the continuing conversation we are going to have with everyone. It's going to be a good conversation. It'll be a lively one, I'm sure, as it should be. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you all soon. Yeah, talk soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can become a member for free and join our 1776 Forward community on Locals.com. See you there.